0: Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Ota.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and today... We are going to explore the sacred in love, of course, one of my favorite subjects. And we have a real treat today because my guest is Dawn Davidson of Love Outside the Box. Dawn is passionate about love. She believes that no matter who or how many you love, love is always okay. She is the author of the Kissable Agreements Workbook and an internationally known expert on polyamory. Dawn loves to help open-hearted people experience greater fulfillment in their own lives and loves. Dawn graduated from UC Berkeley, is a certified interchange radical counselor and shamanic soul coach, and an ordained minister dedicated to love as a spiritual path. As a counselor, coach, and presenter, she provides insightful, intuitive guidance grounded in over 15 years of experience with real people all over the world. Her private sessions and workshops provide practical tools, of which we're going to speak today, and wide-ranging resources to help you discover and express your most authentic self, whether individually or in and through your relationships. Dawn is kink-knowledgeable, GLBTQ-supportive, and a proponent of all forms of loving, respectful relationship. Welcome to Sacred Exploration, Dawn. Hi there. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are going to talk about love languages today, and it's perfect timing because we've got Valentine's just around the corner. So I thought today would be the appropriate day if people haven't already got their Valentine's in order, that they would receive some guidance from you uh, in that department. you know, a lot of people have not even ever heard of what the love languages are. Before we jump into that, can you uh, share a little bit about how you came upon the love languages?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I would love to do that, Lisa. Um, But I have one little thing that's nagging at me right now. Um, And I don't know if it's written this way in my uh, materials or if that was just a a misspeak. But um, one of the ways I like to be Uh, welcoming and supportive of all different kinds of relationship styles is uh, in how I speak uh, uh, to various different groups. And um, you said in introducing me uh, Mm -hmm. GLBTQ, and these days we're saying LGBTQ uh, because it puts the uh, emphasis on the um, more oppressed class, uh, the lesbians, rather than on the, um, the male gays, which tends to be, um, uh, you know, more of the privileged class, and it, so true. that's just one of those little tiny differences in language that mm-hmm. I find can be supportive, and uh, so that goes right along with this topic that we're discussing. Which is, you know, how little changes in our language can help us feel more loved, or to be able to speak love to our partners. And uh, so, I first came in contact with the um, uh, with the five love languages in a physical book form that one of my long-term partners uh, brought down from um with him from the Seattle area and this was oh golly about two decades ago now almost uh it was in i think 1998 uh when he literally came sailing back into my life on a oh. tall ship <laughs> oh, <laughs> one wonderful. of our, our, our super duper romantic episodes
1: <laughs> sounds like and it any
2: I know. It was just crazy. We, we have a lot of those. Um, but in particular, uh, he uh, brought this book to us because my husband at the time and I were kind of struggling with some communication things. And he said, oh, I found this book and it's just the best thing ever. And I have to say that it really has been one of my all time top tools. And I use it. Myself, it has helped me in all different kinds of relationships from, you know, romantic relationships in my marriage, but also with my kids and in work situations and in family situations. And uh, it's it's a super tool.
1: Uh, well, and I so heard I, about the love languages first from you, but uh, we, we should share that the, the book is by Gary Chapman. Is that correct? That is correct. The book is uh, by Gary Chapman,
2: and it was written, I think, in the real early 90s. And Gary himself is a uh, staunch uh, Christian and monogamous person. So he really is supportive of monogamous relationships in particular, but he's gone on in the intervening two decades to write a whole bunch of books related to this topic. Um, And um, while, you know, not everyone might relate to uh, them through the vehicle of Christianity, um, or even monogamy, I still find that they're super useful books. I particularly like in the newer ones, I like his Uh, book for the uh, using the love languages with children uh, because it's really compact and it also has a number of tips and tools that aren't emphasized in some of the other books and uh, totally off the topic but maybe something we could explore some other time I also like his book on uh, apology
1: languages not everyone
2: hears uh, wants the same kind of thing in an apology either
1: so well, words are so important. In fact, the first show that I did with Sacred Exploration did focus heavily on words themselves because it's amazing how if we actually understand how to present certain feelings and thoughts and requests that we have, that the words we use can, can really make all the difference in, in receiving what we're looking for. So what, what are the love languages? What, what is that about?
2: Uh, So the love languages um, is a tool. It's a way of looking at the world. And Gary suggests that we all uh, speak or in particular hear love in different ways. So in no particular order, um, the five languages are uh, receiving gifts, Uh, acts of service, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, and quality time. Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the five different ways. And if we are able to figure out uh, what our partners or our child's or our, you know, friend's love language is, and then speak that love to them in that language, they will be able to hear it better. And vice versa. Otherwise, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes they can be saying, I love you, I love you, I love you in their language. And if that's not one of our top languages, we may not even hear it at all.
1: Hmm. Bum, bum. Yeah. Nice try, but didn't really work. Yeah. You have that hilarious story. I That might be a good time to share that now so that people can get a context of how putting effort into the uh, love language that another person doesn't respond to could really be wasted effort on our part.
2: Yes, this is one of my favorite stories. And as you know, this is actually a real story from a mutual friend of ours. Um, So uh, I love to tell this story. I I usually call it a, you know, a Valentine's story. Uh, (laughs) So there was this one time that this mutual friend of ours was, Um, uh, it it was a Valentine's Day and she had a partner and uh, it was a relatively new partnership. Um, And so she was all excited. She came over to his place to celebrate the holiday. And when she came in, she was greeted with Flowers and soft music, and he had the table all set beautifully, and he had, uh, you know, silverware, and he'd cooked a meal for her, and um, yeah, and like on the bed, there the bed was invitingly turned down, and there were chocolates on the bed, (laughs) Uh, you know, he had just Pulled out the whole nine yards. Yeah. So when um, uh, when she sat down at the table, that like I said, he'd you know really laid it out beautifully and had this gorgeous home cooked meal for her. Um, she sat down, and there was a there was a card in the middle of the place setting, um, and it had her name on it, and she thought, oh. I I love cards. I'm going to save the best for last. You know, I'm going to set this card aside so I can really enjoy it. So they had the meal and they really, you know, connected. And he reached over and he touched her hand. And they had candlelight and music and all romantic. And she was just super enjoying herself. And then finally at the end of the meal, right before they were going to go off and have you know, a great connective time on this Valentine's Day, she reached over and she grabbed the card and she opened it eagerly. And on the front, it had a beautiful scene with lovely words that said, you know, uh, I love you. Um, And inside all it said was love Phil. And uh, so he was crushed. She was absolutely crushed. Oh. It after all that. The evening for her. Because for her, she was expecting that there would be a long, loving, handwritten note that said how much he valued her and loved her. And for her, that message, the, the words the flowery personal words were so important that she wasn't able to hear all the other channels.
1: So that was her primary love language was the words of, is it words of affirmation or words of appreciation? Same thing. Um, same thing. Uh, uh-huh.
2: I, uh, I'm not sure which they frame it as, frankly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I use words fairly interchangeably myself in this case. Right. So, you know, her love language is so strongly words that when he didn't give her that particular form of words, she wasn't able to hear the rest of it. Now, fortunately, it was within about a year that uh, she was able to read the love languages book and she figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, was able to laugh and you know share this story with everybody, which I think is just a great example of how super important these things can be.
1: and how oh, it is such I- a great example. Yeah Well, I love it. I love the story because and we can pick it apart. We're gonna to go to commercial break soon, but when we come back, we can kind of pick that apart a little bit so that people can really see the different love languages that he utilized in presenting this fabulous occasion, but had fallen a bit short on the words, the words of appreciation as one of the love languages, which was the most important one, as you said, to her. So, yeah, I just love it. All right. Well, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Stick with us and we'll be right back talking about love languages with Don Davidson. I'm your host, Lisa tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericanpowerment.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Tremonota and Lisa Ferrer this April for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series, so call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925 497 2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably, our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and I'm speaking with Don Davidson of Love Outside the Box. I love talking about things outside the box, Dawn. And today we're talking about love languages And uh, that was just such a great story you told. And I'd like to uh, break it apart just a little bit so that our listeners can find in it the different love languages. So my guess is uh, certainly when he was holding hands with her over the table, that's uh, 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 the love language of physical touch. Yes, it is. And perhaps there was some some of that as well on the bed that was covered in chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. And And then... then Go, go ahead. More
2: physical touch <laughs> with the the bed. Um, right. The thing on the bed actually was in particular that would be gifts. That would be receiving gifts.
1: Because so, of the chocolates.
2: Right. It, uh, uh-huh. A little tangible gift. She could. Mm-hmm. In you, she could
1: even unwrap it. In this case, you mm-hmm. know, chocolates. Little things on them. So. Um, and then the making of the, the meal, is that the acts of service? That's acts of service. Yep. That's the acts of service. Okay. Uh, and what else do we have? So we have acts of service, also, okay. gifts, physical touch, oh, quality time. That, the whole thing seems like it's quality time. Quality
2: time. He spent a lot of time both uh, separately from her thinking about her and preparing for this, Uh, which is one version of quality time. And then he also uh, spent a lot of time with her, you know, on the date itself. This is a quality time thing.
1: Um, Okay, I didn't realize the quality of time could be like actual time in preparation. I always envisioned it to be like you're going on a walk along the beach and you're spending quality time at the park or something like that.
2: Mostly quality time is the time that you spend with each other. But I also find uh, that there are two different versions of quality time. There's what I sometimes call the, uh, you know, the forward facing quality time, uh, the inward facing quality time versus the side by side quality time. And for some people, it only counts if it was exactly the way I reported in the story where they were Mm -hmm. sitting there together Uh, with each other only without other distractions focused on each other. And that's a version of quality time that almost everybody will respond to as quality time. But there are some people who also respond to the side by side version, which is, uh, you know, like you go to a movie together. So you're sitting Mm -hmm. there together side by side, but you're focused on something else. And some people, who feel that quality time is one of their top love languages, they don't respond to that version. It doesn't count unless you're focused on each other. So that's an important little, uh, you know, little sub tip that uh, I'm not sure that they even bring that up in the books. It's been quite a while since. Well, you know,
1: it's interesting because uh, nowadays with cell phones and everyone looking at their phones all the time, I mean, You know, I mean, it's not unusual to see a couple or a family out at a nice restaurant for dinner and each of them is on their own phones, (laughs) you know, so even though they're side by side, I don't know that I would consider that quality time or lying in bed together and both people being on their iPads, Uh, you know, for me, that wouldn't work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like that was quality time, but I think nowadays you kind of have to be more aware about all that.
2: Yeah, you'd want that inward-facing quality time, probably. And phones do sort of complicate uh, all this sort of a thing because they both create ways to divide us as well as ways to bring us together. Uh, In fact, that reminds me of a really interesting article that I once read about the, um, uh, the use of cell phones in the Amish culture, And that was exactly the question that they use as to whether or not a piece of technology is acceptable is that test of does it bring us closer together or does it drive us apart? Mm -hmm. And uh, cell phones are one of those things that couldn't do either because they also can open up new pathways. Uh, For instance, in texting, you can text people you might not be able to call You can, I know that I have one partner that we do better in text. Uh, We did anyway, at at one point we did better in text than we did otherwise. And then there was a year, a year and a half or so where he'd used a different, um, uh, a different application on his phone. And it was interpreting all of my little smileys as if they were. You know, those semi frown ones, the one where it's oh. like pulled down. So he, he thought I was angry every time I was smiling at him. <laughs> oh my God. That's an oh. amazing glitch to throw into our communications. It was like that for a year and a half.
1: Um, right. But I hear what so- you're saying too, because I feel like, well, I think just like the woman you had talked about in your story, uh, one of my primary love languages is also words of appreciation. And I feel that while the cell phone drives me crazy, with my children, I have two boys, and they're 21 and 18 years old, and they're both at college, and so the cell phone does provide me a way to share my love with them and be in touch with them, and there's a certain way that using the words through texting often can, I don't know... uh, open the heart and share things that might not have been shared as easily, even in person. Exactly.
2: You know, I find that to be very, very true. And, um, I think uh, cell phones and computers can really change a dynamic in really unexpected ways. My sister and I are 10 years apart in age and, um, you know, we didn't actually. She's ten years younger than I am, so we didn't really have much of a relationship growing up. Because uh, by the time she was old enough to be a person, I was moved out of the house. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when when kids are younger, they're they're people, but they they don't have that same ability to converse that you know they do eventually gain. And I remember um, the the point where she suddenly became someone that I could interact with. Uh, She was uh, about 12, and my parents had moved to the other side of the country by this point, so I didn't see her hardly at all. Um, And in fact, that continued to be the case for many years until, ironically, she got married and moved overseas. And at that point, uh, we picked up uh, what was then a really popular tool, still exists, called LiveJournal, and it was an online, what we would now call a blogging tool. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of like uh, like Facebook, but different. Um, and we were able to write to each other. And through that vehicle, we were able to communicate and develop a relationship as adults that we had never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually brings up another point about the love languages, which is, um that there are times when it's much more difficult to use various ones of them. It is super hard, for instance, if you're in a long distance relationship with somebody, say they're you know overseas in the military or you know like with my sister, she was living in another country, or like my stepdaughter now is living in Australia. And um, so my stepdaughter and I communicate, through uh, mostly instant messenger. And like you said, there are ways in which we've been able to share and talk to each other that we were never able to do when we were in person. And mm-hmm. especially not with together. She and I did not get along so well a lot of the time. But well, that as, works if
1: your primary love language is words. <laughs> but uh, how do people find out what their love languages are? What's the best way to go about that, discovering our own love languages? Or is it something where you just inherently know just by hearing what, what the different love languages are?
2: Some people do. Some people are like, oh, yep, obviously. Um, you know, with uh, our mutual friend, um, that uh, it became obvious in the course of that evening once she understood the love languages that her love language was really strongly words of affirmation words of
1: mm-hmm.
2: appreciation words of appreciation i'm sorry
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. either, uh, one, either was, one
2: and um but you can also find out uh by a number of different uh techniques uh This brings up again, you know, I mentioned a little while ago that one of my favorites of his books is the one for using the love languages with children. And part of why I like that particular book, uh, in addition to the fact that it's really nice and compact, it's not too big a book, it's very, you know, focused. Uh, But I love it because it gives you tips on how to figure out what your children's love language is, which are you know, some of them are really useful tips for figuring it out in your partner. Some of them would be inappropriate. <laughs> between Certainly. Rather than, you know, parent-child. But uh, but there's a lot of different little tips that it can give you. It's also really great for any of our folks who are either using it in families or in any situation where you have more than one Partner, say you have a friend group that you like all like hang out together, or uh, if you're in a polyamorous or open relationship style and you don't, you have more than one partner, you don't, um, he doesn't assume you can only have one child. So uh, the tips that he gives for using it in that context are sometimes helpful for situations where there's more than one person involved.
1: And certainly each one of us would have multiple love languages too, right? I mean, I mean, you're even all of them. Do we, do we all have them, but to different degrees or usually one or two primary ones?
2: Definitely true. We all have them to some degree or another. For some people, they're super strongly one or another. Like clearly our friend was super strongly words. That was way up the top for her. Um, but also, everybody has potentially more than one language that they speak. And that's how you can use it, is you can learn what your natural language is, but you can also learn how to speak other people's languages. I also want to, before we get away from the question of how do we learn what other people's languages are, I want to go back and say another way you can do it is there are a number of online quizzes available. And I wanted to specifically mention that on my website, which is www.loveoutsidethebox.com on, on the resources tab, I have available a downloadable version of one of the quizzes Uh, It was not originally mine, but I altered it. And you can find there uh, the downloadable printable version that I have, which I've taken out all of the references to um, either partner being a particular gender and uh, some of the things that I thought were uh, a little bit too heterosexually focused. So that anyone can use that particular quiz. Most of the quizzes are aimed at a more uh, heterosexual, monogamous
1: context audience. Um, But you're outside the box. So that's a good thing. So you're expanding upon that. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to look at Dawn's site, loveoutsidethebox.com. She does. It's a beautiful site. She's got free stuff. And uh, it's just chock full of all kinds of supportive information i know you've been a a real blessing to me don you're you're so approachable and you have a lot of experience in this very unique field and ah it's just um i think again just really supportive for people wherever they're at on their journey in love um
2: Uh, do i try to be really welcoming and you know open people to being open um wherever you are on your journey, there is something, you know, I find that we all have something that we feel like we're, we wonder if we're normal or if anybody else feels this way or anybody else Mm -hmm. thinks this way. And I find very few people don't have something like that. And so I think it's just super important for us to both be able to love each other, but also to honor and love ourselves as being okay human beings, that our needs and wants and desires are okay, you know, that maybe there are things that we need to moderate how we express those. You know, there are some things that are not okay necessarily to do, um, but that there are that the basic idea is that no matter who or, or how many we love, really, love is always okay. Um, that includes loving ourselves,
1: you know, and honoring ourselves. So beautifully said. And that that's part of the point of this show, Sacred Exploration, is to really explore and open up to avenues that are available to all of us, but that we often aren't aware of because we don't talk about them because they're kept hidden and it's time to bring them out because we have so much more in common than we realize. And I find that so many of the most important topics are the ones that we don't talk about enough, you know? So um, again, just a wonderful um, resource that you're providing to everyone. Well, we're going to go again to another commercial break soon. And when we come back, um, I'd like to, to talk a little bit more about choosing our own love languages and, and, and whether or not those change over time and, and how they might look as, as Valentine's approaches. How, what are some right. examples of, of those how how those might manifest as we approach our special valentine or valentines, as the case may be? So stick with us. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Don Davidson of Love Outside the Box. Again, I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. Mm-hmm.
0: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Tremont and Lisa Ferrer this April, for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email exploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series, so call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529. Or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program
1: welcome back to sacred exploration i'm your host lisa tremont ota and we're speaking about love languages as we approach valentine's day so don um speaking of the love languages uh, so again we can go to your website we can go to these resources to sort of get an idea of our own love languages are these is this a, like a, a form that we would also give to our beloved so that we could find out what their love language is or how do we find out what their love language, the person that we're trying to, to please on Valentine's day?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing that you can do. And it's one thing that I recommend, uh, especially to couples or groups who might be having some issues, but also to everybody is, you know, it's really great to just know some information about our partners um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, one possibility is you might keep, uh, you know, a, a folder, maybe it'll be online, maybe it'll be a physical folder where you have the results of various kinds of quizzes or, uh, exercises that you might've done, or just answers to questions like, you know, what is your favorite love language or, you know, what's your favorite color or, What foods do you hate? (laughs) You
1: know things Mm -hmm. like that.
2: Right. And I recommend keeping that and updating it on a you know, regular basis. Some people find it's useful every year or so. Uh, and you mentioned my kissable agreements. That's actually I've written a workbook that's available as a PDF download, and what it stands for is keep it simple, sweetheart. And it's one of the tips that I give for making supportive and uh, not limiting, not overly limiting agreements to help you in your relationship. And one of the, another one of those tips is to write it down um, because the human brain is so plastic. We tend to forget things or things, we remember them differently than they actually happened and we think we're completely sure that we know (laughs) how they happen, you know, it's, there's... Oh, I know. <laughs> at one point where the the man and the woman are talking about, I remember it well, you know, and they're completely different
1: <laughs> in their memories. And that's how these things can happen. Absolutely. So let's see. So for Valentine's Day, if we were, if we discovered that our beloved... Oh, you know, one thing that I think is really important to mention too that I remember from your trainings on the love languages is that people have a tendency to give their partners in the forms of the love languages that actually speak to them themselves as opposed to their partner. So for example, if my love primary love language is words of appreciation, I might write a poem and give it to my beloved thinking that's what he wants as well. When in fact, what he might really want is for me to take some time and go find him a gift Right? Right. Does that happen exactly. commonly?
2: Exactly. So, you know, <clears throat> back again to our little Valentine story that we were telling, we never finished going through what all of the love languages were that he utilized. Um, that, uh, but in, most importantly, he utilized them all. What often will happen in uh, a new relationship well, we call it new relationship energy. Is uh, you tend to sort of blanket all of the love languages at the very beginning of a re- relationship. So, you know, uh, in that case, he did flowers, which would, could be a gift. Um, he did uh, touching her hand, um, giving her a big hug and a kiss. You know, when he greeted her, that's touch. Uh, he did quality time sitting down. To have a nice meal together. Focused on each other. Uh, he did gifts with. Uh, I did that already. Uh, also acts with of the service. Things, things on the uh, pillow. He did acts of service. By creating this whole situation for her. And uh, the meals. You know. The meal that he did. Is an act of service. And also setting it all up. Is an act of service. So he
1: did all. All of them. He actually kind of did the words of appreciation, too, through the form of a card. It's just that it wasn't personalized. It was like a Hallmark card words, and that didn't count.
2: And so for some people, that's going to work. The Hallmark card would have been enough. That would have hit their words. For her, it wasn't. But, you you know, you're actually right that he really did all five. (laughs) And... Um, You know, that's one of the ways that we can help overcome any differences between uh, maybe my language, my language actually is acts of service. And when I first ran into this book, my husband's uh, top love language is touch. And um, uh, and we pretty much were reversed. On that, Which is part of why we were struggling at that time. So I didn't have touch at the top. I had it at the bottom. And he had uh, uh, the acts of service at the bottom of his. So what we'd always done that had gotten us through to that point was we actually both had words as a strong secondary language. And so we had been able to kind of get by.
1: Kind of meet but in the once- middle.
2: Yeah, once we finally got this information, we were able to consciously know what uh, our partner's love language was and to learn how to speak it. So there was a point where my husband would sometimes reach over, touch me on the knee, say... And then he would look at me and he would say, this is, in my love language, this is like taking out the trash. Hmm. And I oh, okay. So when he touches me like this, I should hear it like he's just, you know, <laughs> done the dishes or taken out the trash or some other act of service. Right? right. And that method we were able to teach each other and i would go and i would like make him lunch and i would uh put a little note in it that said by the way this
1: lunch represents three hubs being very explicit yes
2: Yeah. yeah yeah because we couldn't assume that the other person would understand it because, that's, we were because so, at the end of the
1: day, you want that person to know that you love them. And, and so yeah. you just making it clear. Yeah. And making an effort. Exactly. And what happens we when were, people, well, go ahead, finish.
2: Well, just because we were, we happened to be fortunate that we had, you know, words to fall back on. That we were both mm-hmm. pretty good at words. But there are things that you can do. Also, another way you can do it is kind of do what. Uh, you know, what our friend Phil did there and uh, do more than one thing all at once. um, Because then you have more, a better chance that you're going to hit the other person's love language in the midst of that.
1: Well, Um, especially in a new relationship, like for listeners who are new to this, um, it's maybe a little bit more work and a little bit more fun to, to sort of, you know, cover all, all the bases. And then afterwards, process a little bit to, to check in about which of these spoke to you most, which of these warmed your heart the best, you know, the most. Um, right. It could be an exercise.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And it, you know, some people think exercise, oh, that sounds really horrible, but it can be totally fun to try practice. this.
1: <laughs> yes. An experiment, <laughs> an exploration, a sacred exploration. Experiment. Exactly exactly what about like the the little gift certificates where you say here's a gift because i did that once i did like a five love languages thing where i did a words of appreciation but then like one of the uh, i did like a gift card that said good for one massage you know something like that so that would be physical touch once the massage is received but it's not immediate because it's coming in this form of a gift certificate is that maybe that doesn't quite work that's
2: precisely what i was Uh, talking about there with the, there are acts that you can do that cover more than one language. And uh, massage is one of those things that um, is, uh, is great for in-person. If you're like together doing massage, you can hit, you know, uh, touch, but also quality time. And um, if you maybe say nice things to them while you're doing massage Uh, It can be words as well, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the act of putting it into a gift certificate hits the gift. And in particular, that gift certificate idea makes it one of the few acceptable ways to express a love language in a work context or in a, you know, other non sexual context. And it's one of the ways you can deal with having someone having a touch preference in a long distance relationship. You can get them a massage and then they can receive that as love from you, even though they're getting the touch
1: from someone else. Ah, I see. Right. Awesome. Right. (laughs) Do people's love languages change over time? Like maybe when they're young, it might be physical touch, and then when they get older, it might be words of appreciation or vice versa. It's
2: fairly stable, but as we accumulate experiences, sometimes those experiences can affect our love languages. And, of course, as we were just talking about, we can learn how to speak uh, other love languages, we generally don't, uh, you know, other than becoming more aware of it, we, we tend not to change our receiving love languages much, but there can be experiences that will, uh, that will alter them. You know, if you are in a long distance relationship, you can't touch your partner all the time, so you might end up developing mm-hmm. uh, words for instance, as a, a stronger one or maybe even quality time if you do a lot of Skype uh, sessions with them or something, you
1: know. hmm
2: Right. But they tend not to be... Uh, our receiving language tends not to change a whole lot over time, although some people have multiple languages as well. Uh, I've met people who, in taking the various tests, consistently come out with two three or even four that are like pretty much the same um that they can work with any of those and that makes it super easy sort of like being what is it o positive as a
1: (laughs) a, blood type
2: you know the universal somebody like negative
1: yeah Yeah.
2: Oh, negative is the universal
1: blood donor.
2: Right. The universal donor. It's like someone like that can speak and hear love in any number of ways. So Mm -hmm. you might, you know, if you know someone who's just always happy, (laughs) that might be, uh, they might have like multiple love languages and they're just always getting their, they they call it in the book, the love tank. Um, They're getting Mm -hmm. their love tank filled.
1: Yeah, well, they're receiving, right, I guess, because they're receiving all kinds of different forms of love. And it probably makes it really fun to live too and give love because you can give it in so many different ways. And especially when you recognize that I think especially with the acts of service and your example of taking out the garbage. um, You know, I know I've had beloveds in my life where that was a primary uh, love language before I realized it was a love language. And so, when you tap into it and recognize it as that, you start to witness it around you more, and so you can start to feel the love even more once you become conscious of these different yeah. forms of, of expression.
2: Yeah, there's uh,
1: yeah,
2: there's there's a song that was popular a couple decades ago. You don't bring me flowers. There was a right, Neil right. Diamond, uh, Barbara Streisand version of the song, and that actually is a really great. Example of a couple who started out with the new relationship energy and blanketing all of the love languages. And then, as they got uh, more and more uh, familiar with one another, they stopped. So, you know, you don't bring me flowers anymore. Right. (laughs) You never talk. At the end of the day, you know, they're talking about all the love languages they're not getting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, you know, I know a couple where the, the husband will bring a bouquet of flowers every week for the kitchen and, and it just never ends. And it's just the sweetest act of, act of service to make the effort and then gift uh, to continue yeah continue that tradition well we're getting near our closing time um i definitely want to have you back to talk about so many of the other subjects that you're also passionate about um before we close is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners um again they can go to your website www.loveoutsidethebox.com anything else you'd like to share don
2: Yeah. well i'd love to you know make an offer i know um that uh you know, People are always looking, they often are looking for a little bit of assistance uh, because it really can be helpful to have someone to listen to you uh, and to offer maybe perspective and maybe some of these tools like this is one that I give to my clients. And uh, I do a free uh, one-hour session for anyone who wants to give me a call and schedule that session it's a phone session it's very like what we've been doing here we'll be on the phone and we'll talk with one another and uh i will then uh write down everything and hand you an email with some suggestions
1: and that is um, a beautiful love offering i must say It is.
2: I absolutely love spending time uh, with people and getting to know them a bit better and helping them out. And because of your just wonderful work that you're doing with the exploration and how great I know you are and all of your clients must be, I want to make a special love offering to you and to them that... If you call me up for one of those free sessions and decide that um, we, uh, we want to work together further, I will offer you an additional $100 off from any one of my packages. So that oh. is my, my love offering to you and all of your listeners.
0: Oh. Is to mention
2: this show and. Um, And I'll give you that extra $100 off of a package.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I will accept that love offering, and I hope our listeners will take advantage of that. And your words of appreciation are definitely felt by me. And um, it's just so much love, so much love. And I appreciate the quality time that you shared with us today. And I think we covered a lot of bases, actually, within our programming here.
2: A lot of what I usually present in my workshop—it's usually an hour and a half workshop—but we have time to do, actually do some exercises. But uh, we really we covered uh, many many of the topics that I do in the love languages, which, like I say, one of my favorite tools ever, ever, ever. So good in just about every relationship I've ever met.
1: Thank you, Don. Well, wonderful. Thank you, everyone. Again, I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. We'll be right back next week.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week.